right now. <laughs> Welcome to John Gray's Kayak Fishing here on Anchor FM. I have a very special guest here at the Rock and Star Ranch Cowboy Gasoline Studio. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm doing well. Man, so good to see you again. I'm glad you're back here. Man, thanks for having me back. I love it. Because when you get here, it's like, you know, again, I can ask all those real stupid questions and you have a great way of answering them. It's like home here, man. I want to make it like that. I pull up in the driveway and I'm like, wow, this this is good. I want to make it like that. So, we upgraded the studio a little bit. It's nice in here, man. Like it? It's cozy? This, This chair... I'm in right here. Yeah. It's the nicest chair that I've sat in in a long time. You look good. It's befitting of a champion. <laughs> yeah. It's very throne-like. It is. It's it is very throne-like, isn't it? I was thinking about that today. So who have I interviewed? Not many people on uh, my podcast, but uh, first and foremost, big shout out to Caleb Osborne, Quantum, and Zepgo. Caleb was my first interview. Classic. I think that was classic, awesome interview, and then we had the uh, you know the nights uh, the uh, bites of the round table. Yeah, there over here at the house. So we had uh, yourself. We had Bert Goodhouse Jr. We had Zach uh, Carell from Yak Legion Podcast, and the one and only uh, Harry Scotty Scott. And that was classic. And then you were back again, and now you're back a third time, dude. You like. You're getting Angler of the Year points for broad, you know, for podcast here. <laughs> you know, you're crushing them. <laughs> we'll have to give a big championship belt buckle at the end of the year or something like that. But I got all kinds of things I want to talk to you about. Okay. And I'm not sure in exactly what order. But I did see you pull up with a very, very tricked out kayak trailer. You tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, man. This has been a project I've been working on for a little while now. And it has just turned out really well, you know. I saw some good ideas online that I saw that some other people were doing. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get a really nice Genesis trailer from Brian Tacey up at Strictly Sale. Um, if you need a trailer or a kayak or any accessories, those guys got it all. Yep. And uh, I got the trailer, and I got a buddy who welds. You know, because I couldn't afford, you know, just straight up, I just couldn't afford a really nice trailer. You know, and I, I hurt my back at the TOC this year. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm, that's not going to happen again. You know, and it was all because I was lifting my kayak up and I was trying to switch spots and I had it loaded up with stuff and it was, it was just a ton of weight. And right. So, you know, I want a trailer I can, you know, so it's just new trailer time, right? Yeah. I got hooked up, my buddy welds, I had this great, I took a couple great ideas I saw online, like any great DIY guy, you just copy yeah. these great ideas you see and, uh, man, it's turned out awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Super sturdy, a Jenison trailer, which is galvanized. You know, trailer, that thing's not going to rust on you. Nope. You got those bigger wheels now. Okay, so now coming from me, I got that little Harbor Fraud trailer out there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's not galvanized. And uh, it's got those little nine-inch wheels. Yeah. Now, I have to lube those bad boys up because I know 
they're boogieing like 165 mile an hour, right? They're probably turning 15,000 RPM oh. while I'm going down the road. <laughs> but they work. They do work. However, that upgrade, even to that bigger wheel that's on that trailer, what, what is that, like a... Uh, was that a 12 yeah, or something? It's a 12, 12 inch. inch? Yeah, 12 Massive four, difference on how that runs, too. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my old trailer had the same size wheels as this. So I'm, I'm used to the wheels, but man, you're right. The, having those bigger wheels when you're putting those freeway miles on is a big deal. Right. Because let's face it, man, a lot of times you're driving 80 miles an hour. Always. You know? If you're going, <laughs> if you're going south to any TBA, you're doing it. You're Everyone's doing it. Right. You know, everybody's doing it. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get out of here, you know. Um, so that, that's just the deal for that stuff, man. You know, I mean, the bigger wheels are just better. You know, the bearing spins less, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the nice things about those custom trailers, right, man. They have even larger wheels, right? right. You know, they come with the really cool ones. Right. But I couldn't afford that, so I made my, I made my kind of ghetto version, you know. It's not painted real nice, you know what right. I mean? Um, version of a nice trailer. And so you're going to be able to dip that yeah. kayak now? But, I, oh I my God. That, that's probably one of the... I didn't know I was doing myself such a favor. Yes. By that, I just said, well, it would make sense kind of to dip it, kind of like a bass boat. Yep. And I'm telling you what, it has absolutely saved my back. Yep. I, won't, I can't do it any other way. Yeah. And it's so fast and efficient. You prep out in the parking lot. And that's the thing for me too, man, is that efficiency. Because I've had a couple tournaments the past two years where I had to switch spots multiple times during the tournament. And my other trailer, even though it was very secure for like overnight stays at a hotel, it wasn't real quick turnover. And man, when you move spots like three times like I did at East West Harbor. Right. Man, that's a lot. Every second yeah. is huge. You know, it just matters so much to be quick. Um, and that was the whole point of this trailer, man. There was just like certain things I wanted to do. And, you know, and one of my objectives was to have as much American-made stuff on it as possible. And, man, I found that at least with the trailer stuff, if you just spend a few minutes looking, you can just about find everything American. All yeah. those LED lights on that are right. on there, right. the reverse lights, the extra brake lights, that's all American-made. Right. You know, the steel, the guy, uh, Greg, who helped me weld it, man, you know, or who did the welding. He didn't help me. He did the welding. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool how you got it worked up. If I, you know, we'll, we'll put some pictures of that up on my Facebook page, and you'll put some up on yours and stuff, so... Uh, and you follow you through uh, Smitty Fisher, right? And Instagram, that's a good spot for mm -hmm. you, isn't it? Yep. You yep. really, I think Instagram's your, your spot. Man, I like Instagram, man. Yeah. I've been... It works for you. Yeah. You, got, you got a good thing going on, Instagram but, and stuff like that. I've been playing, trying to do better pictures, man. It's been, I think it's been good. Well, you're, con well, not only better ones, but you're showing like, oh, wow, Kurt's down at the Ohio River again. <laughs> it's 28 degrees outside, 8.30 in the morning. And he's tossing a, a long-nosed gar in the river. <laughs> you know, they, uh, The trailer, the way that thing's built with your Hobie that sits up underneath that thing, and then it has a very sturdy, um, just a, what would you call that, just a, a rack that comes up over the top of that thing that holds your stuff topside where you can securely lock those 
yeah. rods and reels. And, and it's one-sided. There's not like two sides to it, so it's open on one side. And the whole idea of that is so my launch, I don't have this big long rope that has to go out and around my trailer and then come back up. Yeah. I can just launch and just have a, you know just enough rope to get it to float off. I right. can run back there and then just pull it off to the side. Right. And this was someone else's idea. I think it was uh, Chris Blair's. I'm not right. sure. You know, I think it was his idea, and I, you know, I blatantly ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a DIY guy. You right. know, I mean, I like to, you know, make stuff with my hands a little bit. And I got to be a part of the process. Greg was a really cool. Greg Morgan. You know, he's awesome, dude. If you guys need anything, get a hold of me. I'll put you in touch with him. And right. you know, he can he can make anything or help you out. You know. We'll do small projects, big projects. A good start. And I went up there and I looked at him today. It was those Genesis trailers up there at Strictly Sale. And he's got a stack of them. And that right there is a great start for a great... Tra you got your trailer already there that is going to be an awesome trailer for you. Uh, and then to... And there's a lot to it. You know, to have the right trailer, man, because there's, like, the springs on there. Like, if I would have bought a jet ski trailer, I would have had to replace the springs on it, the lighter ones, right. to get that really smooth ride for a kayak weight. Yeah. You know, these Genesis trailers come that way. You know, that you can't underestimate that stuff, you know, because when you're going down 80 miles an hour and you hit a pothole on the freeway, yeah. and that spring's too tight, and your, you know, $5,000 PA is bouncing three oh feet up gosh. in the air... You know, your heart's up in your throat. How many times have you just hit like a bridge expansion and pow, man, and you look in, you look in the back of the rear view mirror and you're like, oh my God. Launching them, man. My old oh. trailer, it took me a couple years to figure out that I had to get lighter springs in it when I first got it. And I had even a lighter kayak in it. So, man, it was just going down the freeway. I just remember being miserable the whole time. Like yeah. just having to dodge every little oh. thing because that fucker would just would just jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, that stresses me out. I can't stand that right there. So my next upgrade definitely is going to be going into that Genesis trailer. Yeah, up there, no doubt. That's going to be my what a great trailer, man. And he told me something very useful today. That you know what? As I thought about that when I was up there visiting Brian. Brian's a big guy, isn't he? He's a big dude. He's a big guy. I think he always looks down at you. Yeah. But that's because he's way bigger than you. Yeah. And, he and has I'm six to, feet tall. He has to look down at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not because he's looking down on you. He's looking down at you. <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, it's such a, it's, uh, it's such a good dude. He really is. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, he's a lot like, how can I compare him? Like, this is way off off of kayak bass fishing, but Manuel Chuevas from, <laughs> from Nashville, Tennessee. Manuel is the guy who makes all of the famous rhinestone outfits. Okay, he's the one that made uh, Elvis's rhinestone flying outfit. He's the one that made Johnny Cash's outfits. He's the one that made Dwight Yoakam look like Dwight Yoakam. He's the one that just sizes up these country music stars, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I thought a little of that Manuel magic would help me out. So <laughs> I go down to Nashville, Tennessee, and when you walk in to meet, I, I knew his daughter, uh, uh, Morelia, really well. 
and uh, she was introducing me to Manuel because he is kind of he's like country royalty, mm-hmm. you know, in a big mm-hmm. way. I mean, he's he's designed country music. As soon as the guy walks in and he's sizing you up, you don't know that at first, but he's <laughs> looking at you and he's just sizing you up already. He knows what you need to be wearing. He knows what you need to look like. He knows what you need to act like. When I, when, when I finally got my Manuel suit, or my shirt, actually, I went down there to get the shirt, and the, it actually cost more than the car that I used to drive down to get it. He, as I was walking out, I was telling him, man, I can't wait to wear this thing. It's going to be great. And he says, Johnny, he says, uh, you won't make a Manuel famous. The Manuel will make you famous. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I under- I understand that. It's the, it's this what this image is. And and interestingly enough, again, we're getting way off topic here. I'll bring us back. Um, I wore that thing for fun. Down on Lower Broadway, a couple nights later, I was signing autographs. <laughs> People just assume that I was somebody. Now, bringing it back to Strictly Sale, Brian's that same character. He's got that same thing. Brian sizes you up. <laughs> Brian knows what kayak you belong in. It's true. That Brian true. knows where you need to be. You talk to him, and I'm telling you, Brian, and that's that's. From being there, that's his family's been there since 1972. Yeah. Forever. And that's so, that is service. That is knowing what you need. That's not some big box store. That's just selling you. That's good, not buying you know. off a website that you really only get to see a picture and read the description, right? Yeah. This is actually having someone who knows the business and what they're doing. Right. Helping you. Right. Guide you yeah. to the right kayak. Case in point, that's why I thought about it, is when I walked out, I'm describing, he's showing me the Genesis trailers, and I'm going, dang, those are nice. I'm liking those. I didn't realize that was the foundation of yours. Yeah. And I was like, man, these are nice trailers. So I just took a few pictures of them. And uh, talking about the runners, the boards, you know. What are you going to call it? What are those things called? Just runners, I guess, whatever you call those things. Yeah, runners, yeah. Right. Brian, here's the customer service. Because Brian knows I have a Hobie. I'm describing to him how I have my Hobie and how it's sitting on this trailer. So Brian's going to have the care enough to go, hey, do you got that stored on a flat surface? And I was like, no, I don't. He goes, man, get that on a flat surface because those runners are pushing up on those scuppers. Scuppers, And that's the weakest part of that Hobie. And if you let that heavy Hobie sit on those things, it'll weaken those things really bad. Some dude at Dick's ain't going to tell you that. No, no. And no. So the customer service that you get from Strictly Sale is hands down worth it yes and I thought of that when I drove off I was like damn that's good stuff there and it's old school too 
Oh, yeah. It feels so old school there. You it know? is. It's not over-marketed, man, or over-retailed, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, half the time you have to ask them for the part because you just can't find it. You've got so much <laughs> right, stuff right. stuffed on the walls, right. man, you know. It's, it, they got, uh, so they but they got, have it all. They do have it all. And they have a lot more than they had just a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. So they're stocked up. So anyway, big shout-out to Strictly Sale and your Genesis trailers out there. Check those out. They're on Kenwood... Uh, Road located right there in Blue Ash. You really can't miss them. Just drive down the road and look for a very beautiful Hobie catamaran and a big monster sailboat. What yeah. is that? I don't even know. <laughs> Everyone knows that sailboat, though. When you say, when you say strictly sail, they're like, where is that? I'm like, it's the sail place in Blue Ash. And they're like, oh, yeah. Sailboat. <laughs> There's not too many sailboat places no, anymore. No. You know? Very few where they just have a big, giant boat sitting on the road like that. Right. <laughs> All right, let me see. I want to ask you some other things. Anything else about your trailer? Who was the guy that did the work on that again? Greg Morgan. Greg Morgan. Yeah. So reach out to you if anybody wants to do some stuff. Yeah, man. On the trailer. Greg's into that? He'd be into it? Absolutely. Or anything metalworking, man. He's a good guy. Right. You know, does runs his own shop. You know, right. one-man show, basically. Right. Um, on the tail end of Strictly Sale there, uh, their memberships opened up right now that's like what 35 bucks I think to join in for the Cincinnati kayak fishing, Cincinnati kayak fishing there and um, that's the calendar I'm going to focus in on man I'm going to drop back and punt <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean I'm really good at just diving into stuff like you should do one good event, one big event. You know, there's, well, it would be probably, well, you know. No matter what, no it matter is. whose it is, yeah. you know what I mean? You should do one, at least one a year, one good event. Yeah. I love AJ stuff. I love the Hobie Bass Open Series. I think that's just such a good feel. The vibe right there is on fire, man. And boy, everybody there is there to catch some fish. Yeah. Is strongly focused on that. Then the Hook Bassmasters Kayak Tournament Series, you're getting a mix of all kinds of folks in on that one. You're getting the spillover from just the badasses from the Hobie Bass Open Series. You're getting those guys in there. And then you're just getting dudes that are showing up with paddles and, and a kayak and throwing it down because they want to get into a Bassmasters. Yep. Yep. You know, you're getting guys like me that have been in there for a couple of years that are just slinging junk, you know, and just, you know, and, but the experience of both of those, uh, and then of course the KBF and the KBF's all over the place too with the participants of what's, you know, those, here's one I'd like to talk about. And so check out the Cincinnati kayak, um, fishing, um, Facebook page and look at the, the schedule on that. It's going to be a fun schedule. Now, can we talk about Bluegrass State for a moment? Well, let's talk about that, man. Okay, because now I was born in Ewan County, Kentucky. I'm actually a Kentucky Colonel. Did you know that? No, I didn't know Did that. You? Here, right up here. Look at John Marion Graves. Kentucky. Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm... This is nonsense, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, as a great, as a gift from my father. So you have to be a Kentucky colonel in order to <clears throat> um, 
in, in order to invite somebody else into it. And we have to write a letter to the headquarters and all that kind of stuff, giving the reason why they should be Kentucky Colonel and all that kind of stuff. That was a gift from my father. There. And I'm not, I'd really like to have read that letter. I'm not sure what dad said. <laughs> you know, but said something good. <laughs> you must have. Dad had a way about him. God bless dad. But Kentucky, and I'm kind of ashamed that I am, you know, a Kentucky colonel. And I absolutely have really no clue what's happening in the state of Kentucky when it comes to bass fishing. Now, I've had a couple experiences down there. Kentucky Lake, right? Been to Kentucky Lake a number of times. Um, and that's a whole experience within itself there, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And then um, down at Cave Run. In fact, that was my first. That's right. You came down to Cave Run. That's that right. was my first out-of-state, official out-of-state. And see, that's where I jumped in head for like. And I think that was the last uh, bluegrass kayak anglers. That was the last one AJ ran, wasn't it? Yeah, AJ was there, yes. Yeah, that was the last one that he ran. Most there. comfortable t-shirt I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Weren't those, yeah. those really cool t-shirts? Man, I love that. That was a great, That's that was the first time I experienced uh, you down there as a kayak angler. I met Eric Siddiqui. Uh, That's right, Eric was down there. Eric was, Eric was one of the first dudes with lights on this guy. Thank God, because, you know, I, <laughs> jumping in like I jump in, I didn't bother to think that that sun's not coming up for another hour and 15 minutes. And these dudes are watching. It was black down there. Yeah. So I followed Eric Siddiqui out with his lights. You know, thank God. I had no lights at all. You know? <laughs> oh, my God, what a mess. You know, but that was a great experience. I think Ron Champion was there, I, if I believe. I think Ron might have been there. Ron, a big dude. I remember a big dude there, like Ron. Bert was there. Bert was there, yeah. I remember Bert and Brian. And the, you know, I won the whole raffle and everything. It was awesome. I won your championship kit uh, of Ned Riggs. Come on, big TRDs, man. They were awesome. I damn near got molested on the way back. <laughs> everybody wanted to know what the hell was in that thing there but so the, that was really that's my experience of the bluegrass state what is, what's going on down there with the boys so there's a new group down there uh, and they're bluegrass kayak fishing and they're putting together a really solid schedule man the first events Dale Hollow totally world class Smalley Lake that also has big giant largemouth in it it is an amazing lake that you can have a phenomenal time fishing down there. Their second event is Cumberland. Um, it's another world-class um, lake, you know, and we're, we're both from Cincinnati, right? Both of those are four hours away, man. I consider that close yeah, for a tournament, absolutely. man. You know, uh, they're doing Barren River Lake, Cedar Creek Lake, and that's just some of them. I can't remember them all that they're doing. But they're doing Cedar Creek Lake too, and that's another. I mean, every one of those lakes, there's amazing lakes, man. What's that freak lake that they've created down there for just creating nothing but world class big monsters? What is that? That's Cedar Creek that's Lake. Cedar. So they're having a tournament on that lake, man. Yeah. What's the deal with that bad boy? Well, you know, that's a lake in Kentucky that the, the 
state of Kentucky made, it's one of the newer, newest lakes in Kentucky, and they made it to be a trophy bass fishing lake. So before they flooded it, they put in uh, piles of rubble, they put in like the right sand and gravel in areas that they thought would be good for bedding bass, and they are areas that are, I mean, they had smart people come up with it, they left all the trees, there's, I mean, it's it's a really cool lake. There's a lot of different stuff to fish in there. They left all the bridges in there. They blew them up, but they right. left them all in there. So there's these big, just big piles. There's just so much structure. It's oh, awesome. They probably just dumped all kinds of Florida strain TVA bass in there. You think? Just... Uh, you know, I don't know this. What, what strains are in there? I, I really don't, man. But they've got some. They've got a, lot, a percentage of big ones that are in there. It's pretty impressive, man. If you were, if you were gonna just go. Give me a strain of bass that if that was the last strain on the planet Earth, what would it be for Kurt? Man, I'd have to say smallmouth right now at this at this point in time, man. You get into a, some large smallmouth, man, that is a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. You know. I've caught smallmouth, small, smallmouth, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, they fight hard. Oh man. my god. And they don't you know, when they get bigger, like you know, like largemouth, oh, when they get bigger, they oh. kinda slow down, right? right. They don't fight as hard, or most don't. But those smallmouth, man, when they get big, they still fight super hard, man. Right. Super aggressive. Right. Yeah. Cumberland, I caught my biggest smallmouth. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> it was just, it was, in fact, I had no idea it was a smallmouth. I brought it up, and I mean, this was uh, seven years ago, probably, or so, when I started kind of just hanging out with my buddy fishing. And uh, he took me, we went down to Cumberland, hung out down there for a couple days. And I'm on the back of his boat, and I'm just throwing some, like, shad wrap. <laughs> and it just took it. I was like, what the heck? And he's like, oh, man, you got a smallie. You got a smallie. He's freaking out. <laughs> man, it was a monster. I mean, it was like three and a half pounds. That's a good know? smallmouth. It was, it was, it was a, a nice, we got a nice picture of it, you know? Yeah. But that was, those are common down there at Cumberland, yeah. aren't they? Uh, there's a lot of them down there, yep. Right. Yep, depending where you go on the lake, there's a lot of different ones, you know right. what I mean? It, it's kind of interesting how one side of the lake will have, one part of the lake will have more, and one part of the lake will have less, you know, because Cumberland's like an octopus. You know, those fingers, and each finger fishes a little different, man, has a different characteristics. So, I mean, it's just wild that there's just so many of them, those variables are just right. off the chart down there. Is it just an experience of getting into those different uh, areas to figure out what how they fish different? You can't do it any other way, or no, nah, man, you can't beat time on the water. Right. I mean, unless someone just tells you, you know, unless you talk to someone who knows, and they're like, "Well, this finger, you know, right. fish it this way, and this one you do this," you know. And that's still not the same either, is it? No, no, because. Every, you know, no one fishes the same. No one fishes a crankbait the same. No one fishes a, a Texas rig the same. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're all different. Right. You brought crankbait up. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Do you like, you fish with crankbaits? Yeah. I mean, you do a lot of lipless crankbaits. Yeah, I do a lot of lipless this time of year in the river. I do, uh, you know, it depends. It depends what's happening, man, and, and how the fish are relating. You know, if it's a crankbait bite, yeah, I mean, I'll be throwing a crankbait. If I if I figure out that it's a crankbait bite, yeah, I'll be throwing. You got a favorite crankbait? Um, you know, I've been really digging these baits I've been getting from uh, Dwayne Wally. 
uh, not Dwayne Wally, uh, Dwayne Beatty, excuse me, and uh, he does these custom painted crankbaits, and they are, they're just a little different, man, and they're right. really good, and they just are, they're solid baits, man, I just like them, I like them out, how they're a little different colors, Yeah. you know, instead of just buying the exact same yeah. 1.5, you yeah. know, at Bass Pro. Yeah, and that makes a difference. It does, doesn't it? It does. does and, and Dwayne puts good hooks on too, so I don't have to go through. I don't have to go back through them, and take the hooks off and put the hooks I want on. They already come with the good hooks. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's nothing worse than getting a crankbait and just having crappy hooks on it. Right. Which is another thing I wanted to ask you. Thanks for bringing all this stuff. Did you read the notes? No. <laughs> <laughs> you must have. So, I mean, a couple years ago when I started really kind of paying attention to Smitty Fisher and, and trying to, okay, I'm just going to, I figured if I just follow along in your Zephyr, man, I'm going to do okay bass fishing. So, <laughs> it was a couple years ago. It was really important to you to switch out, get those hooks switched out. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me now, but back then it just really, I was like, Really? But now I truly understand the importance of some really good hooks. So my question to you is that I'm in the process now of changing hooks out. What what hooks do you like? Now, I really like for triple hooks those mustad uh, triple grips, man. Those are really good hooks, man. You can get you can get them like a short shank too, so they're a little bit shorter, which I like a lot of times. It holds them a little bit closer to the crankbait, so you can. It makes them a little more weedless that way as well. You know, a little, yeah, little, you know it's a little less snaggy. You know, um, I like those a lot. Owner makes some good ones though too. I mean, there's a lot of good companies out there. That the, the whole deal is to get some really good quality ones, man. Right. You know, because it really just sucks losing a big fish because anytime a big fish comes off a crankbait, the hook fails. Ugh. Let's just put let's just put it blankly. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're fighting one, they're on there for a minute, and the, and then they end up coming off, right? And you didn't do anything stupid to make it happen. Right. Well, that's because they didn't stay stuck. You know. And man, if you uh, you know, anytime you can keep one more fish, right? Right. You know what I mean? Especially a big one that's fighting hard. You yeah. Know? I mean, I hate to I hate to be the guy bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'd right. rather be the guy bringing the gun. <laughs> and that makes sense because you know you sit there and you look at how beautiful these these uh, baits are getting nowadays, and that's our attraction to the bait. But the most important, really, part of the bait wouldn't it be what's going to stick them? Yeah. So, and we don't. I I know I don't until recently thought I need to improve that. Yeah. I need to figure that out. And just because I love my, I love how they work. I, I'm getting confident with my lure selection and when I need to use them and stuff. But I mean, I am missing fish, and I, I know. And springtime's coming, man. So I mean, so, I mean, oh square God. bill season's coming. You yeah, know what I mean, oh around here, for us, right? You um, know what I mean. It's my favorite time of the year. There, there's that magic about three, four week window we yes. got where it's like that's the bait, you know. Right. I don't have to get three feet off of the bank. No. Nope. And I could just run that thing. And catch quality. Oh my gosh. You know, catch quality. 
You know, so it's like, I hate to miss any of those things, man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and and the funny thing is, is I have this conversation with people over and over, man, you know, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'm like, why don't you get it, man, you know, and I guess, you know, it takes having your heart broken, right? They just haven't had their fucking heart broken. Broken. I have potty mouth tonight. Excuse me, everyone. That's, you know, that's uh, that's good, though. <laughs> that's okay. Everybody can understand that. You know, and that's it's cowboy gasoline, you know, the rock and star ranch. I think it goes along with just the horses and everything. But that's all right. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's just, it's, you know, those, those, and it's details, man. This, right. this sport has so much to do with details and paying attention to all the details you know you don't even think of that when you get you're so overwhelmed I think in the beginning of a sport like this with all of the opportunities especially now if you were to I mean five years ago when I four years ago really when I started to get into it there was no national trail there was not there was a few the KBF was the biggest thing happening out there. They had a few trail events yeah. four years ago, but they started four those started four years ago. Right. Where they had more than like two. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean they did a bunch of online stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Then Hobie came and then now Hook Bassmasters and then all of the local things that are happening it's around like stuff's exploding. Yeah. Kentucky, look at the Buckeye kayak fishing schedule, man. What is it, like 12 events or something? Right. I mean, it's just a huge calendar of events. And it covers some ground, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Michigan. Michigan guys have a, a healthy schedule. The Indiana guys have a healthy schedule. There's a couple groups. Hell, there's a couple groups in Indiana that have a healthy Each one has a healthy schedule. You know? I man. Mean, it's unbelievable the growth that I've seen even just in the our tri-state area. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see it. Yeah. Big shout out to I wanted to, I wanted to recognize the uh, winner of the Snowball Classic, uh, which was the last uh, tournament of the Cincinnati kayak fishing schedule up in Cowan Lake, and I love Cowan Lake. It's like my little darling lake. Um, Josh Bibb. Congratulations, man. And I predicted that whoever got Big Bass was going to win it. It just kind of goes with the odds of how few fish were probably going to be caught up there. Yeah. But 12 fish were submitted. Five anglers, 12 fish. Isn't that amazing? One, And I wasn't one of them. Brutal. It was, a, it was Brutal. insane. Big how shot. did he win it, man? Did you hear how he won? I it? think Josh. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I haven't heard. No one's. No one's talked about it. Everyone's been so hush hush about it. We're still falling out. <laughs> it was so. It was so cold, right? But I think Josh. And correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. If, you, if this gets to you, I think Josh was smart enough to go out there, find the fish, and sit on top of them, put his hobie. See, in the reclining position, kick his legs up on the Mirage Drive, and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what he... Now, if that was Josh that I saw out there, 
in the middle of the lake doing that. I mean, that's that was. Yeah. yeah that's like, how that's how I would be fishing. Right. It was, for largemouth when it's that cold, man. Yeah. You're not moving the bait. It's yeah. a very slow. Even for me, it'd be a slow presentation. And that's slow. Because you have the ability to really gear it down. Yeah, and they just, you know, the fish are just so lethargic, man. Right. You know, they don't want to, it can't even, my, my experience is they can't even move, man. I can, you know, they just, they just come up and they just, and then you pull up and you're like, oh, wet sock. Yeah, so Josh Bibb, I wanted to, where was those, uh, I had my notes around here someplace. Where'd they go? Here they go. I had Josh Bibb up there. He was first. I wanted to shout those guys out because that was a lot of fun. Melissa Keg, man. So I'm sitting there. I'm first. It doesn't matter. If I'm first in anything, it's showing up. (laughs) All right? That's just who I am. I show up super early. So I'm sitting in the Suburban, and I got the seat heat on, and the heat just... And I hear this boom, boom, boom. Who in the world? <laughs> and this truck pulls up next to me, and it's just kind of rocking and rolling, and I can't really tell who it is, and I'm not really seeing it like that. And all of a sudden, two pickup trucks go flying by like it was SEAL Team 6, man. And they both had Hobies in the back of them, and they were on the dock and ready to rock and roll. I mean, they were 45 mile an hour. Right? They park it down there. Then this car goes by with a kayak on top of it. Whoa! I'm like, whoa! These people are ready to rock and roll. Serious. So I sat there and just watched the folks get everything together down there. Well, Melissa was the one with the kayak on the top of the car. <laughs> so I want to give Melissa a special shout out and to the admiration of not only just pitching your kayak up on top of the car when we're talking about throwing our backs out you know, yep. with trailers, and I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. If I had to pitch my kayak up on top of my car, I probably wouldn't go to the tournament. She's keeping her right? chiropractor. And she's business. doing it. <laughs> we actually use the same chiropractor. Oh, you did? We did, man. But believe God, it or not, man. Right. But she's doing it. And, and, and a female... You know, yeah. what a, what a just, I, a trooper. So big shout out to Melissa. But she was like fifth uh, in that tournament. Uh, second place went to Chad Riley. Uh, big Bass was 14 and a half inches. I was looking at a swim oh, bait. I, I was looking at a swim bait that was 14 and a half inches down at, I just bought down a couple. Chickamauga. I just bought a couple that were, that are, they're like, I think they're 16 some glide baits, man. <laughs> we gotta laugh at ourselves. <laughs> so I mean, Ohio. So there's a bit. There's a big thing, you know. Right there's a big example of fish between fish on the northern side of the Ohio River and fish on the southern side of the Ohio River. It's a little bit more than just southern Ohio of the Ohio River, man. It's like you have to travel a couple hours. Right into the deep end of Kentucky. It's not to say that you can't catch good bass at any of the lakes around here or in northern Kentucky, but I mean, it's we have such a big population, they just get hammered, man. That's right. just the bottom line. Yeah, 
all the fish are highly educated, the big ones, you know. Um, when they shot Cowan Lake, every year when they shot Cowan Lake, man, it comes up as one of the best bass lakes in Ohio. Right. Dude, that place is hard to fish sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And really hard to fish, you know. And very rarely do you have a really good big numbers day there. You know, fish are just smart. Right. It, yeah, that's true. So there's a good... Um, there's a good example for dropping the 10 bucks down on the big bass. Oh, yeah. Because even in a kayak tournament, 14 and a half inch bass gets you big bass. That's a. Yeah. yeah. Always do big bass. Yeah, always. Always do big bass. But just getting into kayak fishing, always do big bass. Michael Grimsley, who was Angler of the Year last year, he was in third place. I'm he's coming been having out. a good season, man. He's been, he's been turning it on lately. Yeah. I'm coming after you, Michael. Chris Anderson uh, was fourth place and then Melissa Keg fifth place. So big shout out to those guys, man. Good job. I got their uh, tournament here or their tournament schedule right here. You want to see it? Want to hear it? Yeah. March twenty seventh. What do you think about Rocky Fork? In March, grass. Man, they that's lily pads. I'm not the one to ask, honestly, man. I have never really done well at Rocky Fork. I've squeezed out, I think, a third place one time in a tournament there, and it was just because I was able to catch the, a, a limit, you know? Right. That place is, that's a tough place to fish. There's good fish in there again, but it's just... It's pressure. Boy, massive, there's some man. massive pressure on that one. Man, I think, what was tournaments, it? I think tournaments. last year there was five tournaments a week there. That lake isn't that big, man. That's not Kentucky Lake, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's just a lot of pressure from fairly skilled anglers, you yeah. know? I mean, guys are showing up on some pretty serious boats out there. Yeah, they are skilled anglers up there. Uh, Acton Lake, April 25th, man. Have you, I've never fished that lake. I neither have I. That should be interesting. Yeah. Is that, it sounds like a quarry. Like a, where if it is, I don't know if it you know, one thing really good to do is research. Research. <laughs> research is very good. <laughs> research is good. Where is that ramp located? That's the first part. Uh, May 23rd, that 150-mile radius. So now you can dip into Kentucky. Yes, you can. Where can you go 150 miles from what is it, the Great American Ballpark or something like that? Ooh, no, I don't know exactly how far you can go down for 150 miles. Can you hit Cedar Creek? Would that be the place to go? That would that would be a place to go, man. Oh, let's just I'm curious now. Curious. Look that up. May twenty third, hundred and fifty mile radius. Why are you looking I think we could you could I think because it's saying it's hundred and seventeen miles from here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that'd be in dude. Do you go down seventy five? Yeah, straight down seventy five, man. Really? Get off at Mount Vernon, hang oh, right. Oh yeah. Head up the road, you go yeah. right past McDonald's and a Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's a couple crack motels down there in Mount Vernon too. Right. In case things are going aren't going well for you. <laughs> well, or if you want to look for a place to stay. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, they probably is that like a is that a uh, is that a state park? Uh, you know, I 
don't know what the designation of the lake itself is. You can Airbnb like some 14-wide trailer down there, you know, or something. Maybe. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot going on around Cedar Creek Lake. Yeah. But that's a short drive. Yeah. That ain't nothing at all, man. Early in the morning, I love that kind of stuff. I, I think most kayak anglers do. You know, they're like the, those old bike racing guys, man. That's That was one of the things we got off on, was getting up early in the morning and taking off. Crazy early, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there's Brookville Lake. I've never fished in Brookville Lake in my life. Man, I, you know, we were supposed to fish it last year, right? And uh, that, that got changed. Um, and I went down to pre-fish it, man. I had a really good time. I could, we, it went down there with uh, Mark uh, Jodru. I don't know how to say his last name. My buddy Mark, don't know who he is. And uh, man, we hit the white bass run like perfect, just totally by chance. Yeah, I had no idea it was happening, and I was like, man, let's go check out as far as we can up the creek, because it was you know it was that time of year. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, man, they might be active up in the creek, way up the creek. You know, you might be able to get something going. And man, we sat there and caught a hundred white bass. Wow. And we nailed them, man. I was using my pan optics, and he, he was just watching the school, and it was just like you'd cast to the school and you'd get a fish, and the school would move, and you just cast to the school, get another fish. Oh my turn it around, search for it, find them again, cast the school. I mean, as long as you got that lure in the school, you got to fish. Wow. And it was, it was just, it was a blast. And I, I caught like a 20 inch largemouth too, off some wood. I was catching some largemouth that day too. <laughs> By mistake. No, no, no. We, I, we went there for largemouth. Right. We just happened to, you know, we were coming through this, this creek and I'm like, oh, look at all these fish, man. Wow. Throw in there, white bass. I'm like, can't just yeah we can't yeah I mean you gotta just wear them out man Mark kind of got bored of it he was like oh man <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about white bass here in a minute we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll take well I'm gonna ask you some questions about that uh, now the charity uh, MLF it's Major League Fishing right not MILF <laughs> yes Major League Fishing um, I haven't participated in a major league fishing tournament yet. Is that just boom, 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 catching as many fish as you can, add them up? Yeah, I think the minimum is 12 inches. I can't remember. Right. I need to double check that. But uh, Probably is at that time of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's as many 12 inches that you can catch. Man. That sounds like fun. Totally different style, man. Right. Totally different style. You know, in that time of year, what time of year is that? June. June, man, that... Uh, no, I'm sorry, July 17th. Well, July, yeah. It'll be hot and cooked It'll up. Be fuck. Hot. Hot. <laughs> really, really hot, man. Mm hmm So hot. Now, I'm not sure where that one's going to be at, though. Well, I think it's anywhere you want to go. Oh, okay. Where would you, oh, that opens in Ohio, I wonder. I wonder. I'll have to ask Brian that. Yeah, I don't know. It's another 150 is. miles of... Because if it was all of Ohio and you really wanted to... Hey, this is a test if Brian's listening to this or not. <laughs> Let us know where that one's at. Uh, oh, and then the flowing water in August. I've, I've only done one flowing water and it was... It didn't get well. But that's a good one. 
Where That's was, a lot of fun, man. Where would you go? You don't have to tell me the spot. Um, no, man. I'll, I'll tell you straight up, man. You know, uh, a good chance would be on the Great Miami. Right. You know, it's Brad Hicks' place, isn't it? It is. That dude's a freak with the small mouth. He is. I'm, He's catching some good small mouth. Yeah, and if, I, if memory serves me right, he did really well in that tournament last yeah. year, right? Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be, you know, it'd be something like that, probably, you know. Great Miami. Great Miami, Twin Creek, even some parts of the northern Little Miami. There's some spots up there that I might consider doing, you know. Um, you know, part of it doing a float too is you have to have a partner, pretty much, right? Doing a float on water. Yeah, because you're putting in at one spot yeah. and it's going down to another, so you pretty much need a partner. And, and that, that is a that is a time when stuff can go bad too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's hard because you know if you're fishing, you know, if you go really far up the Little Miami, it gets to be really skinny water, so it gets really crowded with two people. You kind of have to take turns, and who goes first because that first guy is more than likely going to have a better chance. That's true too. The, the quality fish, you know. That would kind of suck. It, it it does kind of suck. I like you, but not that much right now. Yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> if one person's <laughs> doing really well and the other one isn't. Oh, you know, that would be horrible. It, it, it can get a little testy. Yes. So, That'd be a quiet ride home. It's It changes things a little bit. Yeah. You know, it definitely changes things a little bit. Um, and then uh, September 12th, my favorite place, Cowan. That's a good time to fish there, Cal. It's a great time to fish. Yeah. There, Besides the spring, it's the best mm -hmm. time to fish. I do think that. That's a good time. And then October 10th, to be announced, the Tournament of Champions on October 10th. That will be interesting. A couple days after my birthday. I'll still be in party mode. <laughs> you know? It'll be awesome. So that's Cincinnati Kayak Fishing. Check that schedule out again on their Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Facebook page. Let's take a break, man. I want to come back and uh, just ask you a few things about uh, that crazy fishing you're doing on the Ohio. Yep. And um, all that white bass you're catching, how much fun that is. You've been catching some really kind of weird, funky fish down there. And uh, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Cool? That sounds Take a break. Brother, yeah. We'll be right back. Awesome. We're back. Thanks for helping me feed the horses. Man, my pleasure. I appreciate it. <laughs> they're being quiet tonight except for the cat the old gray barn cat which is rubbing my legs that kind of freaks me out a little bit that cat attacks you if you pet it, it it's, a, it's a mean cat I mean it it's uh, there's not a vole there's not a mouse there's not a rat there's not a bird <laughs> there's nothing that gets close to this uh, a cockroach nothing so it's definitely a great pest control uh, every once in a while, it'll it'll follow you around. Like if I go out to the pond to do any bass fishing, yeah. that thing will just walk out there and hang out with me by the pond. So it's got a, a pretty cool character. Just can't touch. But me. don't touch me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Don't touch me, man. This isn't like in touch. I do it whenever I do a podcast, though. I have to take the litter box and put it outside because it'll go to scratching in the litter box, and that just totally kind of screws your mind up when it comes to <laughs> concentration. Kills the mood. <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the Hobie Bass Open series for a bit. You're gonna do a few of those, right? Oh yeah. Boom. You're gonna do what? Eight of them, you said. Man, I can't remember the whole, the whole number. I'm going to miss two. Right. I'm going to miss two. So, can I touch on last, the last one and the, yeah. and the, Absolutely. oh man, the Angler of the Year points and stuff like that? Yeah. Man, okay, so being a fan of Kurt, okay, being one of your fans, um, I saw this momentum, man, building up into that. It was building, but you could feel it, too. You were stricken by some headaches, and you were stricken by a back issue too. Yeah, I mean, stuff happens during the the season that you can't control, you know. And, and health issues are some of them, and and I am by no means the only one who's suffered through some types of health issues through the season, man. You know. Right. Um, the the TOC when I hurt my back was unfortunate. You know, because the, sec- the second day of the TOC, there was, it was really windy, man. And the, so it kicked up the lake. And when it kicked up the lake, man, it just, that rock into the kayak just, my back was already kind of, was already screwed up. and But it just, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. Those anglers were so close right there in that top five, weren't they? They were, and they yeah. ran away with it, man. Literally, that those top five ran away with it. You know what I mean? They were on. They were on the rivers. That was the place to be. Lake was not the place to be. It really wasn't. What if, uh, if if you have never been in a Hobie Bass Open series? Well, let me say this. I guess. It you could certainly throw the money down in a Hobie Bass Open series if you've never done a kayak tournament before in your life. And could. You, and you could, okay? <laughs> you could. <laughs> and I did that could, right? And you can do that. And it the, the beautiful thing about that, otherwise it would have been absolutely miserable, I'm telling you, man. Because I was way in over my head with the anglers that were there and showing up. Elite anglers in the kayak angling world. That's elite stuff right there, it right? Is. So I'm showing up, not knowing what I'm doing, but because everybody was so damn cool around the Hobie Bass Open Series, it did not make it an absolutely miserable thing for me doing something like that. It was absolutely fun. I couldn't wait to do the next one. That's the cool thing about the Hobie Bass Open Series. It is you know, cool. so if you if throw the money down, go for it. The more the merrier, right? I mean, yeah. especially if you're in the top five. So the more the merrier on the backside, <laughs> you know. But you were you're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, they're spread out. You got a few hours to drive. There's a few that are close here, right? Within four hours or so. But yeah, we're we're actually lucky as far as you know where we're at in Cincinnati because I mean within six hours there's quite a few Hobie events that you can hit, which is the top tier events. You know what I mean? So. If you're someone who is from Cincinnati or, or Southwest Ohio or even Ohio in general, man, and you want to put yourself up against the best and you want to see what it's all about, 
There's more than one opportunity. You can't ask for anything more, man. We're, we're really lucky to in, the, in right. that way. That's know? shooting down into the bluegrass state, and that's going up north. and. Well, yeah. mostly south, yeah. right? So it's like Watts Bar. Um, uh, well, I guess... Watts Bar's coming up, too, in February. Yeah. Right? Uh, is it February? Is it end of February? Or early I March? think it's February. I think so. It's because they got one in January, right? You hitting that one up? That's the first week of February. Okay. Is seminal. Ooh, yeah. You going to that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, okay. man. Yeah. I tend to do better in the springtime anyway, so for it, right, it's advantageous for me to fish as many bigger events right. in the spring as much as I can. Right. You know, because that just seems to be where I've always done better. Right. You, know? you got experience down there at Seminole. I do. I was down there last year, and I got third. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, that's right. I can close my eyes and see you holding that check. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a good event for me last year. Um, I helped build a lot of confidence, and you know, got some of that momentum rolling. You know. Uh, so I'm yeah, I'm psyched to go back. You know, I learned a lot about the lake last time I was down there. We're just really looking forward to it, man. It's like, honestly, I, you know, my best friends live like in Georgia and Tennessee now you know I mean the people that I feel like I get along with the best or I'm the most like you know so the only time I see them are at these events now so I mean I'm I'm looking forward to that part of it yeah you know hanging out with everybody that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun right you know which one you really out of all of those you doing which one you just looking this is gonna be I can't wait Cause you lose sleep, man. Uh, you don't yeah. sleep well, do you, before tournaments? Yeah, I don't sleep well particularly well anytime. I'm a light sleeper, you know. Right. But yeah, before leading up to tournaments, man, I won't I won't sleep very well, especially like a, the week out, two weeks out. I'll be ramped up for it. Once I get down there, my <laughs> nerves calm down. You know, once I hit the water and yeah. I feel like I've caught some fish, I feel like my nerves calm down a lot, and I get a lot more. Uh, it's funny, I sleep really good a lot of times, you know, at these, at these Airbnbs, you know, right. I mean, that's kind of weird, right? It's right. not my bed, but I'm sleeping. Really <laughs> <good>. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's a good way to do it too, man. You know, if you get that group of dudes, you know, and dudettes and something like that where everybody's sharing an Airbnb, you know. Oh, I, that, this is the way to go, yeah. Right. It's cheaper than any hotel. It'll be nicer than any hotel. It's social because there's, you know, usually four to six people staying. Right. You know, sometimes more, you know. Um, last year where I was staying at for lacrosse, I was staying with, like, Christine Fisher and, and AJ and that group. And, man, I, I, God, man, there must have been, like, eight people staying there. I think there was two people sleeping on the couches and, Every bed was full. I mean, it was like every nook and cranny. But it was cool, though, man. Yeah. It was cool. Everyone was it was awesome. And uh, it's great. They're all traveling with trailers now, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're all like, okay, that was fun, but oh. Animal House is over. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. You know? I mean, some sweet trailers, and I experienced that. You know, when me and Zach were down at. Uh, you know, Gunnersville, and uh, we're pitching just this 
deluxe five room tent, you know, that we, <laughs> we were throwing up and Christine pulls up, man, she got this sweet lightweight trailer and then uh, uh, one of the Canadian fisher uh, anglers uh, that were down had another just beautiful teardrop, you know, trailer going on and all. So um, that's, been a, that's been a lot of fun the past few years to watch everybody groove into how they're traveling to these tournaments now because there is there's there's like a group of guys who come with those bigger trailers to stay at the parks you know what i mean and there's the airbnb guys and there's the hotel guys and it's interesting there's like little factions of like where people stay right little tribes oh it is (laughs) (laughs) well i'm still on the ground so i'm still pretty primitive in my you know it's weird but i like sleeping in my car man (laughs) <laughs> you know, if it's the truck, I had the truck, the Suburbans, which I got now, so I'll be taking the places like that. Man, air mattress in the back of that bad boy, I feel so comfortable in the back of that. There's a lot to be said about that, man. Quick in, quick yep. out. You don't have a lot to pick up and to, to no. put away. Because let's face it, man, you know, if you go do a tournament that you have to, that you're driving, you have to drive home to after the tournament, that means you're packing up that morning, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost better to stay in your in your Yeah. In your, I love in it. Your vehicle, man. I don't think after Logan Martin going down there and staying six days in that thing. Six days. I wanted to just have fun. It was gonna be Bassmasters first tournament history making. Yeah. I wanted to experience that whole thing. And it rained for six days. Brutal, dude. It, that was brutal. It did not rain once for seven minutes. <laughs> and then again a few moments later it opened up for nine minutes that the rest of the time it was rain that was like two rain suit weather like it rained so hard for so long that you almost need to have two sets of rain suits on to stay yeah dry. yeah absolutely yeah because the first one wasn't dry enough enough yeah man yeah. it, it was it, that was brutal man. that suburban stayed running for Almost six days straight. <laughs> Keeping the heater going anyway. But I like traveling like that. So that's a lot of fun because I'm a cheap ass too. Anyway. So good luck with the Hobie Bass Open Series tournament this year. So that's, that's like your big one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's where my main focus is going to be. Right. You know, I'm going to do some KBF stuff as well. I'm going to do some, uh, some more local events as well too. You know, I'll do some uh, bluegrass stuff as well. There's just so many good events. I, I mean, I wish I could do them all. There really are. There's just so many good events. Right. I mean, it's packed. Action-packed right now. Packed. A uh, lot of people are coming on board this year with oh. kayak angling and yeah. catfish guys are creating their own dark yeah, planet. That's starting to get big, right? Catfishing uh, tournaments for my kayak. That's the dark big. side right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that'll be entertaining to watch mature over the next couple of years. Oh, I think that's great, man. That those guys are yeah. getting that, man. And and dude, talk about what about what a wild ride if you count into a big catfish on a kayak. That's a wild ride. Big monster, and they're catching big ones too. Yeah. They know how to catch them. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, okay, so speaking of big fish and wild rides, something I wanted to touch on is you're down there on the man, you're down there on the Ohio River like every freaking day. 
Not every day, man, but I try to get down there as much as I can. Which is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a few times a week. Yeah, uh, 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 lately it's been just a couple times a week, you know. But I usually try to get down like five days a week right. if I can. That's good work. That's a good workout. You go through five days a week down there in the cold, dumping your tr your kayak in the water, going out, working out, fishing, loading it back up, getting home. You do that. Springtime comes when it's 72 degrees outside. <laughs> how, how much more ahead of the game are you going to be in comfort than a lot of other people that are just getting started in, man? Well, yeah, yeah I'm definitely a little bit... Some, I'm ahead of the game of some people because, you know, my gear's all gone through by then because I keep rotating it, right? I keep using it. Um, I know all my lures kayaks ready to go there's no maintenance issues there's nothing i forgot about that needed to right. be dealt with um but you know it's more to me it's the feeling you know it's being out there fishing and thinking like a fish and chasing them down and being able to detect those sensitive bites you're right you know for me that's that's key yeah because you know what that's a bite mm -hmm. oh that's a bite. it actually makes me a better mm -hmm. fisherman because those winter bites are even lighter you know, and changing up and fishing those different fish too, it kind of gives me a different perspective sometimes. You know, on you know, because it's it, it's funny. I've taken some of my habits from fishing hybrids and white bass, and have used it for largemouth, and been successful with it. So it's it's, you know, one plays off the other, right? Very much so. So you're mainly fishing for hybrids and and stripes right now, right? Yeah, once the weather cools down, I you know I switch from a uh, you know black bass and switch over. You know, I was fishing for some spotted bass on the Ohio River there for a little bit, and that's always fun. There's a, there's a window in the fall where the spotted bass bite just gets killed. Like, you know, you don't. It's rare that you run into a big spotted bass on the Ohio, but man, you don't have right. days of like 30, 40, 50 of them. Wow. You know, that's a lot of fun. Man. Wow. I don't care who you are. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. See, that's another key thing about getting out there and doing it as much as that you have been doing it. Because you could go, oh, hey, that's July 17th. That's the day that the spots are really biting big. <laughs> I know where I'm going. Well, it doesn't quite work like that, though, unfortunately, man. It's, it's such a condition-based thing. That's what makes it hard. Know is because those can it's when the conditions hit and the conditions can be months di different, you know. And yeah. you know, and, and for instance, like this year, we haven't had heavy flood, flooding like we have the previous four years, and now, right, and right. I haven't done as well this year, like quality wise. Like the past four years, man, I, I was catching big fish like almost every time out. And they're not in the same spots, and I'm having a hard time finding the schools of big fish like I have in the previous four years. I'm very thankful for those previous four years, but gosh, man, I'd sure like to, you know. Yeah, I've gotten into a couple good bites, but, you know, and, and I think it's that flooding. I think that's moved some of the big fish from the different pools because it was, the flooding was so severe that there was overtopping the dam. You know, so it was basically right. uncontrolled flooding. And I think that brought new fish into our pool and brought them all the way down to where I fish, you know. Because I fish 
and our pool, I fish, you know, kind of around Cincinnati, you know, right. I fish both sides of Cincinnati, mostly. And you're successful at it. Well, there's I patterns. Mean, there's, there's, you find the patterns, man, right. you know. Like, like right now, the water temps are real even between the Ohio and uh, the tributaries, right? You know, there's maybe a degree difference. Um, but the Ohio was up. And that pushed a lot of fish into the lower end of those big tributaries. They wanted to get out of that current. And so they got into that slacker water at the lower end of those tributaries. There's just a lot of fish piled up. And they're all mixed up. You know, the water's super cold. It's below 40 degrees. So what happens is, I mean, you run across on your side imaging, you'll see thousands of fish stacked up. Oh, man. But they're not all going to bite. Actually, very few of them will bite. You know, a lot of them will be carp, be rough fish, but... There'll be hybrids and white bass in the mix right now. Just all hunker down. Yeah, it just hangs weird, man. They just hang out together. It's just like, why are they? Warmth. Yeah. But as soon as it warms up, man, they'll they'll be they'll split up by species. It's like you'll find white bass will be white bass and hybrids will be hybrids and you know, the rough fish will be off doing whatever <laughs> rough fish do and they'll be totally separate. But when it's really cold, man, they all get mixed in. Which makes it kind of hard because you you know how you you don't know which ones to target so you just right. kind of have to target them all right do you ever be like into any kind of like guide stuff doing guide work you ever thought about that you'd be a damn good fun guy to get out on the water with man i have thought about that man and uh you know i've thought about that there's just a lot to it right you know i have thought about that and there's only so many places really to go around here that you could take someone right there's some places you, i just couldn't take people that just they, they wouldn't want to go right they wouldn't be they wouldn't have fun right and this that's the important stuff to know right there you know where to go and all that but anyway i don't know why i just i would love to be a, that was a thought man. i, I would, think I, you'd be good at it I would, yeah i wish i lived in a place that there was like a, a existing guide business i could kind of go into and work for somebody right you know? maybe you just have to start one up you know, you never know. It's never built, know. man. I mean, it's, you know, to, I know Strictly Sail does a kayak, right? Don't so, they do a um, little try-out a kayak kind of thing for a few bucks? Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, I can't remember the price off the top of my head, but it, you pay... hundred bucks or something like that? I think it is a hundred bucks. And, right. and you get it out in the water for like four hours. Yeah. And you can check out the kayaks, and then that money will be put towards a new kayak right. purchase from. So you don't, you know, you're never out that money. Right. And uh, I've been that forum a few times, man. That's been a lot of fun, and that's what really made me kind of think more about doing being a guide. Right. It's because even though Brian was like, you know, you're more just letting them use the kayaks. Yeah. But the people that I was with, it really, you know, they wanted to learn. So I was like, right. yeah, I'll show you. Right. You know, and it was a lot of fun. Right. I bet you that would be the person that would do that, you know, put that money down to go check that kayak out because they want to fish out of it. But if being the cheap ass I am, that's what I do. <laughs> hey, I'm interested in a kayak, Brian. <laughs> I want to put down some money and I want to go out with Kurt. He's going to show me where to catch some fish. <laughs> Thanks for letting me use the Hobie. <laughs> But the key thing, you get people in one of those kayaks, man. Oh, yeah. They, you, you'll think this is the greatest thing that's ever been on the water. Well, and let's face it. You know, the Hobies 
are slightly complicated, right? They, they are. They, I mean, they're a higher level product that it takes a little bit of knowledge. So to be able to go out with someone to help cut down that learning curve for you, right? man, because, you know, because, you know, you've been in a Hobie for a while, but you get someone who's never been in a Hobie ever, right? They've only been in a paddle kayak. Yeah. They kind of don't know what to do, but you give them like five minutes of instruction and help them out for a few minutes, man. Yeah. Dude, they're rocking and rolling right yeah. away. You know? Yeah. And they're having fun and they're cruising all over the place. Yeah. They know how to use reverse, you know. It's cool. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get into the Yak of the Covenant this year. Oh. That kayak's still waiting for me to catch up to it. <laughs> that thing, man. This is my year, babe. She's out there right now. This is my year. She's listening. She's listening. I love that kayak. Yeah, this is going to be your year, man. I feel good about it. I feel good. I do. I just feel good. I'm, I, I, I'm confident what I got right there, my rigs. You know? I'm confident in stuff. Now. I got a fish finder that's helped me out tremendously. I've looked at it a whole bunch, so I'm kind of familiar with kind of how it works. You know, um, the temperature and the depth has really been the big thing where I'm at right there of the water. Not necessarily picturing the fish on the, the Lowrance unit, but let me know how warm, what the water temperature is and the depth. That has made a big difference for me already, just that, right? And having that in a really clear, not... That's mid, huge, man. That's it, huge. That was a big difference for me. You know? So, and you can find where the brakes are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, big difference. So, woo! I'm all excited. <laughs> I'm all excited about that. So, that's going to be a fun year. Um, um, something else I wanted to ask you. Anything? Anything you want to say? Finish up with? Mm. Yeah, I think we, we hit everything. We nailed it, man. Another yeah. great podcast here at the Rock and Star Ranch. It's always fun. I put a shout out to Eric Siddiqui, the pride of Beachmont. <laughs> I like to get him here at the at the Rock and Star Ranch and pick his mind a little bit. He's He kind of stays away from social media, doesn't he? He does. He's man. kind of like... I think he's, you know, he's got something else going. He might be, you know, like a, like he, like he's, like the greatest fine art thief in the world. He just has to keep <laughs> a low profile or he's just, you know, he just, you know, what does Eric Siddiqui have going on? Uh, that's a good question. You know? That's a good, I think everyone wants to know that. That dude actually. is a, man, that dude can catch some fish. I want Melissa so, if Melissa, if you're listening, I'd love to have Melissa over here and pick her brain, coming from a female's perspective of this sport and yeah. all of that. Because they, you know, girls make some really good anglers. They're patient. They look at a lot different. You know, guys like kind of want to muscle through it, crank yeah. through it plow through it, just get out there, you know. I think you're in touch with your feminine side enough to, <laughs> that makes you that casual. You know, I think it's important. I'm I'm not there yet. I, I have to admit, I am not that relaxed with it and chilled out with it where I'm going to be 
you know, where I got to slow down enough to make it. You need to me. meet Jody Queen. You do, man, because he is truly the most relaxed guy. I mean, and you see him in some like tough situations fishing wise, man, where most people would be cracking. And Jody will just be like, yeah, all right, well, on to the next one. <laughs> I mean, just straight up, man. Right. Just straight up. You know, super nice guy. Jody Queen, boy, his name's out there on the marquee a lot. He is the man, man. Him and Russ Snyder. Yeah. Those yeah. two guys. They, I'm just going to say it, man. They're on a, those two guys are on a different level. Right. They like the KVD of yeah. kayak fishing. It's like those two guys, and then there's a little bit of a gap, and then there's like the rest of us, and we're all real, kind of really close together, <laughs> chewing on each other, man. You know what I mean? You know, and then there's these two guys up here just kind of duking it out. Wow. That's, that's how I, I mean, yeah. let's face it, the past couple of years, that's how it's been. Right. You know, I mean, just, they're winning the biggest events, you know. So do you think, like, uh, I mean, coming out of this whole COVID bullshit, do you think that we're going to, this year is going to be different and we're going to get together, see any gatherings, man? That's what's one of the great things about this. Yeah, sport. as we get out of COVID, man, I think that's going to be a big thing that comes back, man. And I really hope, like, like guys like AJ uh, put a little emphasis on it, you know, when we do come back because... He's done such a good job at it and kind of yeah. kind of made the, the standard, you know, with Kentucky Lake and the dine in there and, you know, uh, just, just, just the field events, have pizza, the check-ins yeah. for everybody, you know. I mean, that all costs money, man. Right. The money has to come somewhere, you know. Right. Um, so I love it when those guys, you know, that's the type of stuff. He did a good job with the COVID stuff. He presenting did. the the awards and all of that kind of stuff and you know I was impressed you know with just how he did it I was really impressed he did a good job he does he does really it, it, it was amazing how he was able to keep it going right you know you have any uh, hook Bassmaster tournaments on the calendar you know I thought I had one but I can't think what it was nah. those are like going to like I think I mean I wasn't overjoyed, right. honestly, man. It has. Um, oh, world class. And you know, outstanding world class. I mean, you know, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You're paying almost as much as a Hobie event for a one day event. Right. You know, I mean, the Hobies are two day events, so you, right. you know. Right. It, you know. It's an e it, it will be the ESPN. Of the kayak angling world, probably won't it? I hope so, man. I just don't. It becomes I, its own, like kind of. I, I almost wonder if we should just we just need to do our own thing. We're so different. We're so different. They don't get it. I think some people in the organization are really hyped up about it right. because of the, our explosive growth. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, you've seen it. You know, state of Ohio, even on Facebook, I saw on one of their posts, yeah. ODNR said that they've had, uh, you know, what was like a tenfold increase in uh, yeah. registered kayaks on the right. water or something crazy right. like and that. And every one of them are at Cowan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was packed. 
You know, it well, was packed. Yeah. Duck yeah. hunters even had the kayaks out there this year. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. There's nothing cooler than a hobby that's got a big old drape over it where a guy's laying back with a shotgun. Oh. Yeah, I saw one of those up there. I was super really? impressed. In fact, I think it was one of the guys that are a, one of the kayak anglers. I'm embarrassed that I don't remember who it was because we did talk, I think. But anyway, big shout out. You know who you are. That's big pretty cool, out. man. It was cool. You know, I thought, me and my buddy Todd thought about doing that. And, uh, you know, and then I realized where I wanted to go fit, hunting it was totally illegal. Totally illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was seeing so many birds. I was like, yeah, this place is great, man. Look at all these dogs all over the place. Man. It was awesome, man. I was like, yeah, wow. you come down here, man. We'll clean up, man. This will be killer, man. We'll get our limit every day, man. I'm going to get all my ODNR duck pens today. Yeah, man. I bought a leash with my gun. I got my gun out. Oh, my man. God. And then uh, I got left. Never mind. <laughs> Here comes a rare one from Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you ever, one thing about Cowan, I knew it was going to happen too. I, 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 I've never gone duck hunting, but I've been out there enough to know when the dudes are duck hunting. Oh, yeah. Right? And Cowan's infamous for that. Cowan's just set up. I mean, there's probably 12, 14 duck blinds on yeah. Cowan. And I, one of the thoughts I had somewhat of a fear in a way is that we were just gonna just unload a boatload of kayak anglers who like to get close to those banks and stuff on Cowan with duck hunters there and luckily the point I picked didn't have the duck hunters out in that blind yet but man you start hearing those shotguns go off and you look over and you see that kayak real close to those blinds you're like dang was that a warning shot or that's happened to me a couple times it'll scare the out of you yeah they're not real friendly that's for sure man i mean and you know those poor bastards are stuck in southwest ohio all those blinds on very populated lakes yeah a few years ago we had a problem with a guy on uh, east fork lake you know and, and, and really, ODNR should have never let him set up, man. He set up so close that the, he was within shotgun range of the beach. You know, and there's people always on the beach. And I'm like, you just shouldn't have them, you know. Right. And, and, and it was also happened to be in a good fishing spot, you know. And the dude would, would get there like at like 9 o'clock. Well, guys like me, you know, I'm out there at 4 a.m. Right. You know, and he'd get all pissed off because he'd come out and be like, you're always here, you know? And I'm like, well, it's not me. And he's like, there's always a guy in a kayak. And I'm like, because that's the beach. That's Because we launch, everyone right. launches at the beach, you know? Right. I was like, and this is a good fishing spot. So it's <laughs> right. like, you know, it's close to where we launch. Right. It's, it's... And it's like a known public, you know, I mean, it's like a public hole, I guess you'd call it, you know? Right. And uh, it's like I would just, yeah. I don't like to. I don't even like to be on the lakes around here when it's uh, bird season. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. So as a general rule of thumb, is this: birds do not like getting anywhere close to a watercraft. They see those things and they just stay away from them. So, if you are just running your kayak straight into a point <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of ducks on the water, and not they moving. and they don't move when you get closer to them. 
Don't go near it. Don't, don't go, near, go it. near there because I, I guarantee it there's a duck hunter in there. I'm not sure how long duck hunting lasts, but it lasted a good long time. You know. And around here, they're on basically every lake. Yeah. You know. Because they're all stayed down. Right. So, hunker down. Get that, get all that gear together, man. We got a couple more weeks, don't we? You got a tournament coming up in a few, don't you? Two weeks. We'll be leaving Damn. for so that means you're going to start losing sleep now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I get, my sleep gets whacked out because of the wintertime anyway. But right. It's even more whacked out right now. Oh, that's got to be exciting. Your new trailer heading down to Seminole. It you, is. You're familiar with the lake. You're comfortable down there. Right? Yeah. You got a game plan? Yeah, I got a pretty good game plan, I think. You know, I got some spots I want to check out that I didn't want to check out last year. Um, check out some spots I was at last year right. too, you know, some different stuff at the lake. Um, and it all depends on the weather too, right? Because it's a Florida strain bass down there, so they're really affected by the weather. Cold front moves through, that can really hamper the bite. Right. And that puts a, you know, southwestern Ohio fisherman in a comfortable spot. Actually, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you're kind of used to a tougher bite, you know. Right. Used to that little slower bite, you know, for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, mean, I hope it's not that way. Honestly, I hope it's warm, man. I would like Slammer. to go down there and put some shorts on, put my sandals on, you right. know. Uh, that's what I'd like. Do you work on, you go into the tanning booth a few times before it kind of, because... You just don't Come on, look at me, Johnny. Do I look like a guy who's the team dude, man? Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Well, thanks so much, everybody. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Tune in into John Graves Kayak Fishing. Big shout out to Yak Gadget. John Thomas, I think you're doing a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, big shout out to Strictly Sale. Cincinnati Kayak Fishing. Big shout out to Lisa Spear and Caldwell Banker realtor and uh big shout out to american tackle god bless everybody down there in florida you want to say hi to anybody yeah hobie strictly sale yak attack catch boards um dakota lithium st croix uh, damn st croix oh here speaking of st croix get ready for the fun of fishing with your st croix fishing machine Oh, look at that, man. <laughs> this is an old advertisement for St. Croix. Well, look at that. The St. Croix fishing machine, too, man. Look at that. Man, fishing machine. Isn't that classic? First one-piece fishing rod, real design by fishing experts to give you. That's not a bass. That's a bluegill, man. It's a big bluegill. That's a big bluegill, man. It's a big bluegill. Harry Scotty Scott, thank you, man. I still got a whole bunch of your old stuff here. So vintage, if you're into vintage fishing, man, I don't care what it is. The pocket, here's the pocket fisherman up here. We got the St. Croix fishing machine. We got the, a fish call right here. We got all kinds of funky stuff. If you're into that kind of, that's coming back. Yeah. Vintage fishing. People are really getting into that. So Harry Scotty Scott on Facebook's a fun connection to that kind of stuff here in the local area. And, um, boom, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, good luck in the year 2021 with the Angler of the Year stuff, man. Thanks, man. You know, I'll need it. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> going to be exciting to see. So, 
thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, Kurt. I appreciate it. Smitty Fisher on Instagram from there. Dreams come true, man. <laughs> right? Thank you so much, Kurt. So long, everybody. John Graves Kayak Fishing is brought to you by Lisa Spear, Caldwell Banker, West Shell, Yak Gadget, Kevin Frazier, Hang Outdoors Custom Lures, and American Tackle Company. Thank you so much for your sponsorship here at John Graves Kayak Fishing.